Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. in this building today because of our mothers praying mother and I'm thankful for that I want to once again honor and welcome all of you who have come to celebrate this special Mother's Day with your mother we thank you for being our guest this morning American school teacher Anna Jarvis was best remembered as the founder of Mother's Day Throughout her life, Mrs. Jarvis had a close relationship with her mother, and she expressed uh, a desire to formulate some way and to set aside a day to honor all mothers. Following her mother's death in 1905, she began campaigning to have one day a year set aside to honor mothers. On May the 12th, 1907, she held a memorial service for her mother. By the next year, there was a general celebration that was also held in Philadelphia to honor mothers. And within just a few years, almost as though a wildfire had spread across our nation, nearly all of the states in the United States were celebrating Mother's Day. Seven years from that initial beginning, in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day a national holiday in the United States that would always be observed on the second Sunday of May. Mrs. Jarvis, in her intentions, was that Mother's Day would be a quiet and a very peaceful day of rest and reflection. But soon the day grew into a commercial holiday with exchange of cards and flowers and gifts and things of that nature, which was not her intentions at all. She wanted it to be a day of absolute rest and reflection. And so she started another organization another association to fight against the commercialization of the holiday that we were celebrating at her request. She spent the rest of her life trying unsuccessfully to control how Mother's Day was observed because it was not her intention for this just to be another national holiday. She wanted it to be a special day for Mother's And so although it has morphed into something more than she ever desired, I am very grateful that we still have a day, the second Sunday of May, set aside to recognize our mothers. I want to read a text this morning from the book of Genesis chapter 2 and 24, and don't get nervous about that. I'm just going to take a few moments. But Genesis 2 and 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, 
and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And so today I don't want to talk about what it means to be an excellent wife or the value of an excellent mother. But instead today I want to target my comments not to mothers but to children. And when I say children, I'm not talking about somebody below a certain age because inside of every one of us still resides a child. And so it's that child I want to speak to. Not everyone in this audience is a mother, but everyone either has or had a mother. And so I want to, to take a few moments and look at this from the perspective of a child's eyes. And so for, for a mother, I've, I know it's already been referred to a couple of times, when you are in the absolute throes of motherhood, it just seems as though that is such an all-encompassing season of life that there could be times you would think that there's not life on the other side of this. When you're knee-deep in dirty diapers and, and uh, spilt cereal and toys are everywhere, your life is filled with all of that and bedtime stories, it's, I would think, very easy to get overwhelmed by the sheer task of motherhood just to be that all-in-all person that fits every bill. I would also safely assume that there's little time left to think about what you want for your children or what you want from your children, ultimately, because you're just busy being a mother and you're raising them and and you're uh, tending to bumps and scrapes and you're just being a mother. You're doing what mothers do. But from the very moment that that nurse hands us that bundle of joy in the delivery room, there is one thing certain, and I don't say this to sound morbid at all, but there is one thing for sure. From the very moment that baby is handed to the arms of a mother is that there will be a time when your children will leave home. In, in recent weeks, a very close pastor friend of ours and his family, their, um, their son, one of their sons is a minister there in their church and their daughter and son-in-law um, were the uh, youth pastors, I think, in their church. And uh, they pastor here in our state. And most recently, their daughter and son-in-law announced to them that they have taken a position in another church in Ohio as a, as a youth pastor there. And so we were talking to them about that just a few days ago when we were together. And they said, while it saddens us, this is what we raised our children to do, to serve the Lord and to be involved in the, in the work of God. And so there comes a time when our children leave our home, and that's not always a pleasant time, but it's a natural time. They grow up to become husbands and wives and, and uh, fulfill all kinds of roles in life. They, they, they grow up and they go out and they do what God has called them to do. And so the day will come, and certainly it happens to all of us when parents grow to depend on those who once depended on us. We're now looking to them for guidance and strength and help and things of that nature, and that's the cycle of life. I use Genesis 2 and 24 this morning as a text on purpose because even though that doesn't seem like a typical Mother's Day text, it is the first time the word mother is mentioned in the Bible. I know it is mentioned in context of perhaps marriage and a time of celebration and not necessarily a time for an adjustment of the empty nest. Nevertheless, motherhood is the mention of this scripture. 
A pastor once, in preparation for Mother's Day, asked several ladies in the church that he pastored to answer two questions. He submitted two questions, the same two questions to several ladies, and they responded from their hearts. And so today I want to share them with you. The first question was, what do mothers want for their children? And the second question was, what do mothers want from their children? And so to the first question of what do we want for our children, that's a question that's filled with emotion, of course, because mothers, by and large, want the very best for their children. They want them to make good choices. They want them to have great jobs. They want them to have the opportunity to become great parents, and, and the list goes on and on and on. In general, I think mothers want children just to make the right choice. They want them to marry well, have a good family. They want them to be loved and to love themselves. They want them to be able to live life to its fullest, looking forward to every new day. Mothers want their children to be free from emotional scars and bondages that would haunt them as they go into adulthood. They long for them to experience true love and true joy. That should in and of itself lend to an emotional, healthy life. These things, these ladies that were asked, express with great passion, these are the things that we would want. But there were some of the group of these ladies that were, that were polled, <clears throat> they took this question to a completely different level. They turned and went to a spiritual element as well. And so one mother wrote this in her comments, I want my daughter to love the Lord and I want her to walk in his perfect will. And if ever she is out of his will, I want her to be miserable and I'm gonna pray for God to make her such. I want her to know that she is special because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for her and I want her to seek the Lord first at every decision. Now that may sound kind of like a radical prayer to you, but I remember hearing mothers speak of similar things when I was growing up. <laughs> I remember, I specifically remember hearing this more than one time that, that people say, I'm just gonna pray that the Lord will put rocks in their bed where they won't sleep good every night. That sounds radical. And, and to those who may be away from the Lord, they're thinking, Mom, come on, you need to lighten up. Lighten up. You, need to, you need to let up a little bit, but not to a mother. A mother says, God, I want you to get their attention and keep their attention until they get back home. Amen. That's how a mother feels. Another, another mother wrote this, I thought very insightfully. She said, I would not want to shelter my son from suffering. In the few extreme instances that I have known true suffering, she writes, I have never been closer to the Lord. I have never felt more protected and I have never felt more loved by him and I would not want my son to miss this experience. That's a little bit off the beaten path from the roses and everything being just right and the perfect job and the perfect house. I would not want to shelter them from dark times because in the dark times of my life, that's where I have found him to be so real. Yet another mother wrote, she said, I don't pray for riches for my child or fancy houses because I know if they're walking with God, he will provide whatever they need. Amen. 
a mother that got her feet on the ground and said, God will take care of it no matter where they are. I ask myself, perhaps you ask the same question, why were these mothers willing to, to, for their children to feel the full weight of life? Why would they be so ready for them to understand what it's all about? And I think the answer to that is because they wanted to, their children to be close to the Lord and understand the value of church and understand the value of walking with him. That was the first question. The second question is, what do mothers want from their children? Same ladies, what do they want from their children? There seemed to be a common thread of three things that were on the list. Time, love, and respect. All of these mothers seem to want the same thing. And I believe I'm safe today to say that every mother in this house would want the same thing. They want your time, they want our love, and they want our respect. In 1 Kings 19 and 20, before Elisha began his role as the prophet, after the mantle had come his way, the scripture says this, and we'll put it on the screen for you. I don't have it on the screen for you to read it. Excuse me, that in 2 Kings 19 and 20, you can still look this up, that before he began his role as a prophet, he first went home to kiss his mother and his father goodbye. Solomon said in Proverbs 23 and 22, hearken unto thy father that beget thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. I mean, your mother and our mothers want our time. That's what they want. Furthermore, I believe they've earned our time because they've always made time for us. So whether you're still living at home or you're all grown up, if she's still alive, we need to give our mother our time. Secondly, she wants our love. I think that's, something and I trust she already has, but they need to make sure, we need to make sure that they know they are loved, not just assumed, but that they know we're loved, not, that, not just because we show them, but because we tell them, and not just because we tell them, but because we show them. There needs to be a sure, solid foundation of love. Amen. They want more, amen, than just to, a wink and a nod, but there needs to be something settled in their heart. Finally, our mother wants our respect. Paul said to the Ephesian church in 6 and 2, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. If we go back into Leviticus, under the Levitical law, the scripture says, you shall fear every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbath, I am the Lord your God. The word fear doesn't mean to be afraid, but to respect them. More than likely, it's something they've earned. And, 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 and on a day like today, the real meaning of Mother's Day can be lost in all the hustle and the bustle and the meals and, the, and, and everything. So it's important that we understand the value of conveying those things. So what, what do mothers want for us? Among other things, they want us to walk with God uprightly and live for him. I believe that's what they want from all of their heart. What they want from us is time, love, and respect. And so perhaps the best Mother's Day gift that we could ever give today is to give those things. Let her know because of her godly example that it has been easier for us to follow the Lord because they've laid a clear path. Follow that up by giving some time, some love, and giving honor and respect. Most likely that's all a true mother really wants. Amen. I think 
today it is from our heart we say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers who are in this house and we should with all that's within us honor our mothers not just today but certainly on this day that's set aside to honor them. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.